Welcome to Natureback podcast of Single Earth. In this series, we are talking with investors about their vision of the new green world. My name is Tarmo Virki, and in this episode 5, I'm talking with Shikha Aluvalia from Balterton on how one of the top venture capital firms is going green and changing the world. Enjoy the show. I think the, the question everybody is uh, asking these days is that the, uh, after the Glasgow COP26 meeting, uh, the, you know, the climate change is uh, becoming bigger and bigger issue for the world. Seems that we are not really doing as much as we could or should with the climate change. Um, at the same time, we have a number of the startups coming into this sector. How do you see this kind of the climate change challenge playing at the moment? It's a really, really good question. Um, I think I, I think to answer the first half of your question or what you were alluding to, I think we're definitely not doing enough to tackle climate change. Um, and I believe that we as investors and the, the, the investing scene in general has a unique responsibility to address the issues of the next, well, not even 50 years, the next eight years until 2030. Um, and, and, and I believe sort of, you know, this, this, I'd, I'd like to sort of mention something that, that one of my colleagues said to me upon joining and asked that colleague, you know, why, you know, <laughs> what, what, is, what is this, um, you know, unique thought that, that you would give as a piece of advice to the next generation of investors? And he said, well, you know, Shika, Yes, it's venture capital, but ultimately we all need to learn to be less greedy and more think about the world that we are building for our generations to come. And that's not five generations down the line. I'm talking about our children, my children, your children, and it's 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 very very near. So I think that the idea that investors need to be doing much much more is super important. Um, and I believe actually that returns in terms of impact on the planet, in terms of impact on the climate, are returns that need to be measured alongside financial returns to give a holistic view of the world. Does, does that, um, maybe it doesn't fully answer your question, but, but sorry, no. what was the second half of the question? But, but, but it really makes sense. The, uh, but is, is there actually kind of good metrics to measure those, uh, you know, returns on the, you know, sustainability. Mm, yeah. Look, I, I think there are two layers here. Um, number one is, of course, how in investors, you know, have, have, or actually, I can actually only talk about how we do it at Balderton. I think that would be mm. that would be much easier for me to speak about because that's what what we've been seeing and what I've been working with. Um, and, and so I think that there are multiple layers how you can measure an, an impact, a climate impact or a sustainability impact more broadly um, of an investment. And I think that number one, really, what, you know, before we start about talking uh, talking around, okay, um, you know, how can you measure that social impact, that sustainable impact, that climate impact of an investment, the very first thing that you need to do is anchor into your investment decision making who are the companies you're, you're, you're picking to invest in? And I think this is step zero. I think we always talk about returns and how to measure the returns, whereas we should be asking, how do we set up a process in a way that it becomes, you know, it becomes top of the agenda to invest into climate-friendly companies 
as part of our investment decision making. And I think this is this is far more important than than impact um, than, than measuring the impact because the ultimate I mean the ultimate question is how do you really measure impact? Um, and it's 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 not a straightforward piece, right? And sort of putting it in, into LP reporting is is one, but I think step zero is really showing that you consistently, you know, are, are serious about investing into the right companies and the right companies are companies for whom it is top of the agenda to have an impact, a positive impact on climate. So what we have done at Balderton, for example, is um, there is a, a part of our investment memorandum that we write for each and every um, uh, um, company that we're looking at more closely. And part of that investment memorandum is always um, to what extent does that company meet or fulfill our goals um, with regards to a sustainable future? So, um, Tarma, you, you may not know this, but I think um, what, what might be interesting for, for the listeners as, as well at some point is that we have launched the Sustainable Future Goals at Balderton um, almost, I'd say, a year and a half ago. Uh, that was in late 2020. I just pasted the, the mm -hmm. link for, for your reference. And this is essentially our own framework of 10 different Sustainable Future Goals that is in, inspired by the ESG framework of the EU. And, and that doesn't really, you know, only talk about um, how we can have an impact on the environment, but it sort of, you know, looks at multiple axes of implementation of how we see sustainable future goals and, and how, you know, what is the impact that we can make as investors. And so there are three layers that these 10 sustainable future goals can, can really, you know, be taken into action. Um, and number one is sort of what can we do in, in our own company? Because we're also a company at the end of the day. What can we do in the fund? So, for example, reducing or not having single-use plastic, as an example. The second would be what can our existing portfolio companies do um, to, 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 to further the agenda of the sustainable future? And number three, and which I think is, is most important because it's forward-looking, you know, there's only so much damage control you can do in what you've already done. But I think forward-looking is super exciting because... Um, so, so, so number three is essentially, um, in, in, you know, to what extent do potentially new portfolio companies fulfill the sustainable future goals or to what extent is it important for them? Um, and I mean, I'm super happy to, to walk you through the sustainable future goals in general, or you can just probably link it out later on. But essentially, we have, um, you know, we've stipulated 10 different goals for us that is along the environmental axis. It includes climate action, responsible consumption. The rise of green cities and renewable energy. On the social side, it's it's around fairness and equal opportunities, gender equality, diversity and inclusion. I love that we at Balderton have a gender-blind paternity or maternity leave policy. That that's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think everyone should have that. Um, and then um, we're also including good health and and well-being, especially mental well-being, as as part of our social sustainable future goals. Mm -hmm. lifelong learning and on the governance side um, because I believe you know we live in a world that has more and more and more data and more and more things happening around so I think governance and compliance becomes a, a really really huge topic for humanity and mankind in general how does the human really want to interact with data going forwards and so two of our sustainable future goals are around um, maintaining highest ethical and governance standards and uh, our final sustainable future goal number 10 is around data rights um, because we believe that data rights are human rights. Um, yeah, this is just, a, I mean, I could talk uh, for, for hours around this, and we've also done a ton of measuring uh, around our sustainable future goals. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, let me know if you have any specific question here. Well, I think it's really kind of 
crucial part is to have not only climate in those goals, of course. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, climate is kind of needed to for us to exist in the future, also. But uh, at the same time, if you just if we just fix the climate, there is uh, so much more um, which are kind of uh, <laughs> lost by that time. Uh, yeah. You said that you talked about how kind of early from early in the process it's important to kind of get things right and uh, and and kind of you know when you invest in new companies that you look at their uh, i don't know environmental agenda or their views of the, views of the sustainability going forward um, maybe you could draw some examples of your recent investments some kind of concrete mm-hmm. in, concrete examples mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I look um Here's the thing. I'm a bit in a limbo here because some of these investments they they, they haven't um, you know they, they have not been announced yet. They're not public. Um, so I'm super happy to reveal the spaces and why we think those spaces are important. Um, and and also you know super happy to reveal some some early companies that we've invested in um, in that space. So I mean, uh, starting from from a more I'd say um, green tech. I call it green tech in, in general. That that sort of you know, um, is, 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 um, describes all of the areas of, of climate, consumption, food, all of these things. Mm-hmm. I think an, an investment that we did quite early on um, is an investment into InFarm. Um, that's that's a sort of modern day vertical farming company, um, originally based out of Berlin, but now moving to Amsterdam. Um, and, and so what, what I really love about the ITFA model, so I mean, for everyone's benefit, so you can usually see if you're a consumer, for example, in, in Central Europe or specifically in Germany, if you go to, to any supermarket, mostly Rewe, for example, or Edeka, you will find that you have these vertical farms placed within the supermarkets and essentially um, growing herbs and salads on site rather than having them grow you know, in, in, in remote places or um, even in glass houses far off and then transporting them every single time back and forth through the supermarket. That, that's a huge amount of carbon emission that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we sort of essentially shortened the supply chain and massively reduced um, reduce the carbon impact by, by farming the herbs and salads in the supermarkets. And of course, it's also possible with so many uh, more different categories and so many more different types of groceries. And this is what I find really exciting because it's it, it's not this far away idea of I'm working on calculating emissions and then mitigating them and then reducing them because I, I feel you know that, that that's a layer that's maybe great for companies and that's coming now more and more. But what is I guess even more important is how do you make these solutions actionable and viable for the consumer? And I think this this is where really Infarm comes in and we've quite early on invested into. Um, uh, in farm, and um, yeah, I think that's that's really one of our landmark investments in that space. And I think to 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 uh, discuss something more recent, um, we've we've also recently invested into Sweep, that's a French company, um, in, in in the carbon space, and um, that's also investment we're really really excited about. So this is more along the lines of, um, you know, it's it's a B two B solution. Um, going in with 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 carbon tracking, with carbon mitigation, um, and that's also that's that's something that's quite exciting. And working on an API first method here, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think the, these are sort of one of the more recent investments. But we've also invested into a company um, that is in the alternative food space, 
um, and replacing meat because um, obviously beef is one of the highest carbon emissions drivers out of the consumption. So that's it's definitely something we're aware of. Um, I mean, th these are three companies that, that that I can disclose, and two of them very very recently that they're more in the pipe, um, mm -hmm. and some of them we, we have signed. But but yeah. You mentioned carbon. Um, yeah. I I probably got kind of deeper into the this uh, sector and field uh, listening at the end of the year the Noah conference from Zurich, where mm -hmm. it seemed like there was dozens and dozens of uh, carbon companies on stage talking about. Uh, What's going on in this sector? Is carbon somehow the you know the red hot uh, burning topic of this industry? Or I mean, in a way, it's the most easily measurable part. It's the one where the governments have done something to uh, kind of limit it, but at the same time, it's only part of the game, right? Agree. It's part of the game, but at the same time, you've got regulatory wins that that require you to reduce and commit to 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 carbon reduction targets so I, th I think the need now versus 10 years ago for companies is much more stark which is giving rise to all of these startups to, to, to try and understand you know to try and help and understand companies how can we sort of um you know measure mitigate and, and improve our carbon footprint and you know, it's it's not like it wasn't possible ten years ago. I mean, there there've always been free tools out there. That that's not new, mm -hmm. right? But I think what what's new is that, um, you know, maybe maybe ten years ago, you know, only a fraction of companies cared. But you know, in two thousand twenty two, a lot more companies care and have to care. And and so this gives rise to solutions that are more user friendly, um, that that are more sort of integrated into tech, and that beautifully, you know, also also stack up with your own infrastructure. So um, yeah, but and and I believe you know to be honest, Samuel, this this has not just been a recent hype. I think this this has been a hype of the last I'd say 14, 15 months really, um, and I've been observing this. But um, I think it's really important to to tell and see here. And I'm always a big fan of mission driven founders, um, and, and I think for for this topic in particular, it it really requires a, a founding team and a set of principles. That you know, that is a team that is really in it to to build it for the impact and build it for the long term, and not because it's a new hot topic. Because the truth is, it should have been a hot topic for the last twenty years, where it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, as a journalist, I started really to get into this field already during the Kyoto negotiations. So I've been reading my stories from twenty five years ago or twenty years ago. Which read pretty much the same. The the challenge was pretty much there, and you know, known at the time, but on a global scale, not much has happened. Uh, your first ta first target of those ten list was urgent climate ac climate action. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you try to delve a little bit deeper into that one, what are you guys doing there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think that the first thing that that is super important is you need to at least practice what you preach. <laughs> and I think that's that's really step zero. Um, and so, I mean, what, what we've been doing on Balditon's end, that, that we've been offsetting of our own footprint. And to be honest, in, in 2020 and 2021, sorry, I have, a, I have this dog, I'm dog sitting today, and she is just, <laughs> sorry, she is uh, growling at me because she wants to be part of the conversation. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's from our portfolio company. Shout out to Arrive, uh, taking care of their dog today because you know they're nice investors. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, no, so, so what you were saying, I think it's super important what, to, to, to practice what you preach and what we're doing at Balderton is we're offsetting our own carbon footprint. Um, and I guess I could, I could mention a, a couple of metrics here. Um, so last year from, from, the, um, um, from the tons of carbons that, that we offset, the, the average price for the offset for us was 54.4 euros. Um, and, and that's for 2020. But but I also just want to be mindful here that, of course, 2020 carbon impact has not been great because simply because, you know, as if it's not been massive simply because of COVID. So people stopped traveling. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the biggest driver for carbon footprint for our own company would most likely be the traveling that you do within Europe. Mm. Um, and, and so obviously this has been a lot better, but I'm keen to see, you know, how, how the figures uh, look for, for uh, 21 and 2022 when, when things start getting more to normal. But, you know, I think more than anything else, what, what we're doing, I think it's, it's a requirement of, 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 of people's attitudes and, and just consciousness in general. So, for example, today I'm, I'm going to Munich. I'm living in Berlin and we've, I've, I've made it a habit to, to take that for four and a half hour train from Berlin to Munich versus flying from Berlin to Munich, simply because it's so much more friendly. And, you know, I don't mind if it's, you know, if it's a minor inconvenience of an extra hour or so that you spend on the train, I actually much welcome it um, because, you know, really need to weigh what, what you can achieve with your own micro actions day by day versus, you know, going ahead and, and, and preaching to, to change the world if you're not willing to, to, to give your own part. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, the, uh, I mean, maybe start, slowly starting to, towards wrapping it up. Um, what kind of companies you guys invest in? Oh, um, yeah. Um, that's a super interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this, 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 this could be a whole separate podcast on its own, yes. uh, a whole different episode. But um, I, I, I think to cut it short, I mean, I always... Um, like to say in German that, that we're a European VC Urgestein. Um, and that basically means that, that we're that old ancient rock in, in, in the European venture capital space because we've been around since the year 2000. Um, and now sort of um, having completed 21 years and this year 22 years, we're at our eighth fund life cycle um, for early stage. That's investments up to uh, 600 million euros. And out of that early stage fund, we invest into seed and series A. Um, of up to 20 to 25 million euros tops, um, standing out at ticket sizes of 1 million euros. Um, but we've also raised a growth fund last year, um, and which, which we've announced mid of the year. And um, out of that growth fund, which is roughly a $700 million fund, um, we invest in, in Series C and beyond. And those would typically be ticket sizes starting from 25, 30 million and going up to 70, 75 million. And that's sort of the range that we invest in. So... Um, in short, we invest in companies um, in across stages. So we've, so we've become sort of from an early stage VC to a more of a multi-stage VC. And in terms of areas that, that, that we invest in, um, we're, we're quite generalist per se. I think technology is, is, is at the core of what we do. Um, so, so, so you'll not find as much in investing into companies that, that, that are low in technology. Um, so always high in technology. Um, and of course, everyone has their spikes. Um, and, and what I'm more recently looking at, I mean, my personal background is actually that, that I'm a founder. So I founded a business before for, for six years in India in the e-commerce space, uh, which was quite exciting to do. And I've seen sort of the goods and the bads of entrepreneurship. But that's, again, a whole different story. Um, so what I'm really excited by right now are definitely companies in the, in, in, in the food space. 
in the um, um, in, in, in the carbon tracking and impact space. Um, though in both of the areas we've done investments already, but we continue to be excited about the space. Um, and apart from it, of course, looking looking more closely at, at solutions that 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 are exciting for for the B two B world, but at the same time looking at consumer companies as well in the quick commerce space. So one of the companies that, that we've invested into last year, where we also let the Series A is arrive out of out of Germany. But but yeah, I guess um, at, at Balderton, you know, because we are we're, we're quite a strong quite a strong and large team with uh, over 25 people working on the investment side and over 35 people working to support our portfolio. Um, you know, everyone has, has has their spikes in areas that they really, really love. Cool. Um, looking into the, this new year, what will be your kind of biggest uh, ambition or the target to reach? My biggest ambition and target to reach is that every company that, that we look at more closely is a company and a founding team for who reaching their own sets of sustainable future goals is top of agenda, despite what they do. Be it a fintech company, be it be it a consumer company, be it a B two B software company. I think it's it's important that everyone starts owning the conversation and driving the conversation on their own. I think that's a very good point to wrap it up. Thank you so much. For <laughs> okay, this awesome. Thank you, Tawa. Take care. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Back Podcast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electricast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electricast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electricast podcasts and hear the culture. Electricast. Yeah.